0: Welcome to Better Roads, a podcast with Randall Bach, President of Open Bible Churches. Everyone has a story to their journey, and God loves to participate in those stories. Join Randall as he explores another Better Roads adventure.
1: I'm glad you've joined us today for this Better Roads podcast. Dan Carlson is our guest, and I'm not really sure how to introduce him because he's done so many things. Dan, uh, you're a, a man of many talents and experiences. You have a wide, varied career. You've been in broadcasting. That's included television weathercaster. You're the weather guy responsible for the weather <laughs> <laughs> that we get. Uh, you've been a producer, a news anchor. You're an author. You're an open Bible minister. Uh, I know you've been a, like a circuit-writing preacher of mm-hmm. sorts, filling in the pulpits of churches without pastors. You're serving as a pastor now. And you're a member of the national board of directors and i'm wondering have i missed anything have you been in the rodeo have you been an astronaut or anything else
0: <laughs> there was a window there from uh, about 2004 until 2018 when i worked at uh, cabela's headquarters and in uh, that role started as a as a writer and um, because of my background in weather uh over the years was increasingly used in that capacity and ultimately became uh, kind of their their go-to guy and looking at trends that we're developing, uh, not only in weather, but in other areas as well. And I produced an internal company newsletter. that was a daily briefing of sorts that would, it would let everybody from, you know, the, the, the part-time uh, overnight janitor to the CEO know what was going on in the world and how it affected the business model. And that was really a rewarding thing. You've used the term SWOT in some of our meetings, strength, Weakness, opportunity, and threats, and that was my wheelhouse, basically.
1: Well, that adds to the record. Then it was just wide <laughs> yeah. and varied, for sure. So that's part of what we're going to talk about today, Dan, because you've had, you've been a bon vivant of all these kinds of things that you have have done, and we want to visit a little bit about what it's like to be that kind of person to get it, live inside your skin with all of these sorts of experiences. So, out of all of these roles that you've had, is there anyone that you'd say has been your favorite? Or maybe your most challenging, and maybe I'd even ask, do you miss any of them once in a while?
0: You know, um, I do occasionally miss television uh, and doing the weather every night. Uh, that was fun, uh, and, and, and it's not for everybody. But if it's in your wheelhouse, it's a, it's it's an enjoyable thing to do. I, I was blessed in that I started at a very young age in that a uh, number of, I would call, divinely appointed circumstances, led to me being uh, on air in Minneapolis-St. Paul as a primetime weathercaster when I just turned 19. And at that point was the, the youngest uh, major market weathercaster in the world uh, in the late 70s. Mm-hmm. And in, in doing that, developed and honed that skill well, at the same time, I was involved in contemporary Christian music ministry in the Minneapolis St. Paul. Uh, <laughs> One more thing. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the, the thing of it is that that was really the, the side note, the heyday of Christian music. I'm sure you remember yes. um, you had uh, Randy Stonehill and Petra and the second chapter of Acts and, and Phil Kagey and all of these icons of of Christian music coming up and being able to, to have concerts and meet these people and associate with them was was a, a key part of my life as well. But when we get into uh, the severe weather element of things, um, there's, there's uh, I don't really know how to describe it. And I, I tell people who, who criticize the media, there is a euphoric rush and maybe mm-hmm. it's a darker part of our nature. Kind of During a high. That, mm-hmm. that, that, that brief moment when you have information that nobody else has. And on the darker side of that, it can lead to gossip uh, in everyday life and you can't wait to share that tidbit of information. But when there's a tornado on the ground, when there's a flash flood that's coming, when there's a blizzard, and you're getting ready to to get that out there to tens of thousands of people in time, it it releases a certain endorphin in the mind, I think, that that, that gives you a, a rush. And so that was a lot of fun. And then in Cabela's world, when I was part of their emergency response team in that role I described, whenever there was a major event that was going to impact our stores, say Superstorm Sandy, uh, and being able to let people know a week or more ahead of that, that it was coming, which allowed us to pre-position product, helped millions of people, made millions of dollars, that kind of a. Being involved in that is really satisfying.
1: Kind of like you get your own Super Bowl of a rush and all of <laughs> these things, I think.
0: In, in all of that, let me just say this, Randall. The biggest rush that I've had in my life is when I bow in prayer mm. and lead someone to a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, that That presence of the Holy Spirit in that moment, yes. Yes. when you see... The scales fall from the eyes, if you will, and you see that the belief and that sincere desire to walk for God from that point forward, there is nothing in the world compared to that.
1: Incomparable. Everything else that you thought was exciting pales by comparison to that. So I was thinking about all these things that you do, and you know, naturally, you wonder, well, what makes a guy go down all these different paths? I mean, you've got tons of paths here, you know, you know. And I thought, well, do you get you get bored staying in one field very long? Is it just that you're so interested in so many things that you can't resist entering a new one? And, and then I heard you say just a moment ago, you referred to uh, divinely appointed circumstances you yes. know, when you first started out. Talk to us a little bit about what makes you tick in, in all these things that you've done.
0: I have always been a Christian in the sense that I was raised in a Christian home and raised in the church. But as so many who are in that circumstance, fine. There comes a point later in life when you have to decide, is this my faith or my parents' faith? Mm -hmm. And in coming to understand the giftings of the Holy Spirit and how God gives to each one of us a special area, and sometimes more than one, where we excel at it. And I'm, Always amazed. Now, of course, these are are supernatural gifts. They're directly given from God, but very oftentimes they also align with our own interests and our own abilities of sorts. And I have always been a public speaker. Uh, I began giving lectures in paleontology in the first grade. was paleontology
1: in the first grade okay
0: yeah i know it sounds weird but after all what little boy doesn't love dinosaurs that's true, that's so true. i was reading above the grade level about dinosaurs and the te- I would have conversations with the teacher and the teacher would be so interested in what I was saying. said, so, well, you share that with the class. And pretty soon the teachers were talking and I was sharing it with other classes. And by the time I was later in elementary school, I was traveling throughout the school district talking about predatory animal behavior, Einstein's theory of relativity and all of these other things. And yeah, I've never been very good at sports. I mean, I played intramural sports. I played football for a little while, but um, i love to read. And I just had this ability to retain what I read and the communicative ability to share it with other people. And that's really played out in a pastoral role, I might add. You can read the scripture. You can uh, hear um, a, a Better Roads podcast, if you will. And if you retain that information or the nuggets from it, you share it with other people. It's sort of an evangelism of knowledge, if you will. And uh, it can be used for tremendous things within the kingdom as well as in the secular world. So I've been blessed in in that regard. and uh, I enjoy doing it
1: so you're I hear you saying that God has this way of linking what He wants you to do with the capacities He's given to you. Yes, you found yourself walking in that which is natural for you also
0: right. And in my case, it's been public speaking. so the the transition from just you know going around and talking about, Uh, predatory mammal behavior in grade school to standing in front of a TV camera doing weather, it's not a big leap. It's just a different audience.
1: (laughs) Because you get to do what gives you that rush. Absolutely. So so this is something that fascinates me about this whole matter of doing several things in life. Mm -hmm. And I want to learn uh, about this from you. We all know people who have stayed faithful to one position Mm -hmm. for many years, sometimes even for a lifetime. And then there are other people who never seem to stay planted anywhere for very long. that's you, you, you have moved into several different realms. So just be honest with you, feel the latter that moving around, is that a strength, a weakness, you know, how do you view your life pattern and where God has fit into that?
0: I think one of the things that's important to recognize is that every person is unique. And the way that God uses or works in one person's life is not necessarily the way he's going to work in another. That's right. Yes. Uh, case in point, the uh, the church that I pastor now, the previous pastor had been there nearly four decades, and he was one of those who, who sprouted roots where he was planted. And in my case, a lot of these things I've done, I've done two or three at the same time. So you could call me maybe a little bit of a workaholic, but I never really felt that. And it's the sort of a thing when you're actually going through it, it doesn't seem like it might to someone on the outside. Say like you looking in at a sheet of paper that says what I've done in life. I look at that sheet of paper and I say, really, I did all that? And you go, yeah, yeah I guess I did. But when you're when you're in that stream, when you're in the middle of the flow, you, you, you sometimes don't stop to think about it.
1: You're energized really, by it while you're doing it, obviously.
0: Yeah, and I, I really want, want people to understand that God has created each one of us for this point in time and this place. There is a reason why you are sitting in the president's chair of the Open Bible Churches and everything in your life that God has done has led you to this moment. And in my life, you know, there are several things going on at once, but God has still prepared me, leading me up to that moment. And Recently, uh, with a, a major move from Nebraska to South Dakota, uh, people have been sharing with me the impact that that God has had on their life through me during the time that I've been here in Nebraska. And yeah, that's sweet. I that a lot of a lot of pastors will identify with this. I really wish
1: you would have told me that at the time. <laughs> yes. It would have been so encouraging. <laughs> Such is human nature, isn't it? Yeah. It. <laughs> so as you say, we're all individuals, and God works with us individually as he will. So for you, for Dan Carlson, with this variety of things you've done, several of them at the same time, but you've transitioned several times, how have you known? When do you know it's time to pursue another avenue?
0: You know, Randall, I, uh, I wish I could say I've always made the right choice, but uh, I haven't had gone so far as to have a Balaam's donkey moment, you know, where the dog <laughs> talks to me. Uh, but I, uh, I firmly believe that that when you are seeking after God and the Holy Spirit is active in your life, uh, there's a passage, I believe, in Isaiah where it says you'll, you'll hear a voice behind you saying go to the right or go to the left. And to have the kind of a relationship with God where you're in communication with him through prayer and through the word, it is amazing how these things will come together in the moment to inform your decision. And oftentimes, well, I won't say oftentimes, occasionally, it is a decision you don't want to make. Uh, my wife and I made a decision uh, not long ago. Uh, we were comfortable, comfortable in where we've been planted, comfortable in ministry. We had envisioned staying put for the remainder of our days. And then this opportunity arises in another state, and we look at it and say, oh, really? really? I, I had just thanked God multiple times for the farm that he gave me to live on, for the opportunities that he gave for me. And all of a sudden it's like, I'm going to pull that all out from under you and tell you to move away. And it's in those moments, I think the scriptures really speak to us. And we find ourselves identifying with certain characters in the Bible. That's what he did to Abraham. He said, you know, you've got it pretty good there in the land of Ur. I'm going to have you pack it all up and go to a place I'm not going to tell you about. Just that's, go. Right.
1: that's right.
0: And you reflect on the kind of faith it would take for somebody to do that. And it is an inspiration to us. And that's what the scriptures are, I think, is teaching an inspiration to us that we can apply to our lives with the assurance that when we are walking in the path that God has given us, things fall into place as they should. Even when it looks like they shouldn't, they do. And that mm-hmm. often is his affirmation. So, you know, I've used the expression before, it's easier to steer a moving vehicle. And so you look for these these inspirations that are, uh, for me, they come in the still quiet times uh, with the Lord and in his word. Mm -hmm. And this is overriding sense that I should do something. And he's, you know, I evaluate, is this something I'm capable of doing? God and I would have to have a very serious discussion if I felt him calling me to join a ballet troupe, but instead I look and say, "Can okay, I vote on
1: that too. I don't know. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me and the tutu is not something you want to see. In any case, <laughs> uh, you, you you look at these things and you say, okay, I, I can tick off the qualifications to do it. How do I know it's it's God's will? And there is a deep and abiding presence of God in the heart and in the mind that says, I've got you, I've got this, just walk and obey.
1: That's good. So good, Dan. You know, as I've looked at lives of people in my own life, I've often made the observation that in God's economy, nothing goes to waste. Mm -hmm. Uh, He uses everything. And I'm always amazed at the interrelationship of all the pieces. So uh, could you, out of your own experience, say that this variety of things that there's also a sort of a unity. There is a coming together. There's a, could I say like a cross-pollination that takes place from this experience that influences and helps you in the next?
0: You know, it is. Um there is a, a side to being a broadcaster, and I was in TV and radio for more than 25 years, where you get to be part of people's families. Uh, and, you know, I, I, when I first went into television, there were only three networks and, and a public broadcasting system, and this thing called cable was coming into being. And I remember the president of my TV station saying, when somebody brought up you know there might come a day when people will have satellite dishes on their homes the size of snow saucers and he pounded the table and laughed said people will never hang such an atrocity on their home <laughs> and <laughs> you look at how things have changed and god has blessed me to be able to be exposed to all of these different things all of these different technologies all of these different work environments and i still today it's been goodness i was last on television full-time in 2004 and you know here we are a couple decades later almost and people Mm. still come up to me and sing the theme song to my (laughs) weathercasts from so long ago
1: oh my yeah
0: and say you were a part of my family or i grew up watching you and then when they hear oh he's speaking in a church or he's written a book, or he's he's going to be in my area delivering a lecture, and they come and they see, and I get an opportunity to share the gospel. And especially being involved in the sciences, you come to understand that, you know, we're in this day and age, we're told to follow the science. But you would be surprised, uh, President Bach, at how many scientists are Christians or believers, mm-hmm. and are, are, are kind of cowering there, you know, waiting for somebody to to lead the way. And to, to the extent I can be a witness to say, Hey guys, come on out. It's okay. God will cover you. That's uh, great, you know, great. these things do overlap.
1: So God rolls out the red carpet for you in the lives of many people because of what you've done. And then you can draw from the strength of that. Now you yes. mentioned also, <clears throat> whether you've written a book, you have among <laughs> the things you have done. Yes. You've also written a science Fiction book. Now, I have a copy of it. I haven't read it yet, but I look at the I look at the cover of that thing, Dan, and that title, which is so riveting, which is "Species Unknown." Uh, tell us a little bit about that book. You can get it on Amazon. I know that. Yes. Uh, tell us a little bit about that book. What's the storyline, and what's been the response to it?
0: I have always been involved in these things, or not, I've been interested in the things that are on the fringe of science that we can't explain, you know, strange creatures, people see Loch Ness Monster, Bigfoot like that, and mm-hmm. you go and you follow through these legends throughout history, and, and, you know, even some creatures mentioned in the Bible, like behemoth and Leviathan, what were these things, and, um, mm-hmm. I, I sort of crafted, uh, a, a, a scenario where The book explains one theory as to where these things might come from, and it is science fiction, but it is still uh, discussed uh, among people in those fields, and it is kind of a cross between a a horror novel, a uh, a monster story, kind of a secret agent's story, and uh, a number of wonderful things have happened in, in doing that. It's my first fiction effort. I had written a nonfiction book in 2008 about how weather influences animal behavior, but now in voyaging into nonfiction, I took a class from a Christian novelist named Ted Decker called The Creative Way. He also has a very insightful devotional called The Forgotten Way that is very interesting and I'd recommend for, for people to read. But in any case, um, kind of tying how he became a best-selling author into a class and, and taking notes and then applying that. This is a novel that I actually began writing in the 1990s, and I finally was able to, to finish it up uh, after taking that class. and. It is very hard to get published these days, so I self-published. Yes. published on Amazon, and God honored that again. Um, you know, it's one of those things. Well, I think I can do this, and and I wanted to create a story that has all the action and suspense you'd find in a in a major novel or no, motion picture, but without any foul language, without any graphic sex, mm-hmm. and have people say at the end, you know, I didn't miss that stuff. You can mm-hmm. still have good yeah, absolutely, And you know what? I was so blessed by, by God in that that novel rose to number one on Amazon's Christian fantasy chart, which is the same chart that houses Ted Decker's novels, C.S. Lewis's Chronicles of Narnia, Frank Peretti's work, and... I just found out here the first uh, week of January in 2022 that the second novel joined the first one, still in Amazon's top 10 in that genre. So I had I, I promised my readers a trilogy, and hopefully there'll be a third one yet, but Species Unknown and Species Unleashed are stories that you could sit down and read with, with your teenagers. And I've had some people in my churches actually do that. And so it's, a, it's, it's a, it's a fun experience and you don't have to worry about what they're exposed to.
1: That's great. So when you write a book, in this case, you move from the effects of weather on animal behavior Yes, Um, which maybe might not have been a bestseller. I don't know, Dan, maybe it was, but, but this obviously you, you, you struck a vein here with this one in science fiction, but when, when you're contemplating writing a book, for those of our listeners today who are perhaps have an urge to write a book, it's a are you drawing from your life experiences? Are you responding to what's popular in culture? Is it just because you have this prolific imagination that drives you? I mean, what, what is, what's the inspiration behind you when you write?
0: I, I think that having a prolific imagination is is a part of it. Um, Ted Decker describes something called the fictive bubble. And what you are doing when you are writing a fiction piece is you are entering a world of your creation. And... You can have in that world, anything that you want, anything can happen inside that fictive bubble. And it is, it's difficult to explain to somebody who has not written fiction, but you do enter for the moments that you're writing a world that is separate and apart from the real world often. And there's a certain rush of being in control of that world. You decide what happens to the characters, the good and the bad, and if there's an underlying message there, uh, which, again, to my surprise, people are finding in Species Unknown. I mean, I, I knew that, and everything I do, I try to, to season with the salt of of Judeo-Christian values. But the number one thing that I see in my reviews and comments is this: made me think, mm-hmm. and to the extent that it does that. Mm-hmm. And gets you thinking about some eternal principles and 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 morality and values. Uh, you are starting down the narrow path in which my fellow pastors and 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 Christians who who evangelize can can take them by the hand and lead them a bit further.
1: So we found another area also that gives you a rush. You just mentioned it. So <laughs> you, you you are finding all these areas that are so fulfilling to you. So I want to I want to just shift gears a little bit, Dan, sure. because. Uh, you have found so much fulfillment in each of these fields, but what would you say to someone might be listening today that they don't really feel called to a specific position either, but they feel like their life has just been drifting. It's kind of like, man, I, you know, I just don't know why you, I don't know what life's all about for me. You know, how, how does someone stay centered and purposeful? What would your counsel be to them?
0: If life is a raft on a river, Not everything is the excitement of the whitewater rapids. There are points when you are just floating along. And if we look at scriptures and the lives of the people that are shown there to us, not every time was there a miracle going on or escaping the authorities from persecution. Whenever we read about Paul or Jesus or the other apostles going somewhere, we're kind of left out about what happened on the way, unless it's a shipwreck or something exciting. Mm -hmm. We don't see, you know, the two or three days it took to walk from one place to another. We're not party to the conversations that took place there, where they stayed, what they ate. Uh, Did they encounter wild animals or bandits on the way? You know, uh, these things are just unknown to us, but we know in probability that they happen. So not everything in life makes it into the headlines, if you will. And that's okay, because I think that the highest calling a man or a woman can have, apart from, from serving God and evangelizing for his word, is to be a mom or a dad. To be there for the kids in this day and age. Don't miss the moment because you think it's insignificant. Because I can tell you, looking back at my life, even the times that I was was not doing all of these exciting things, God was working. He was working in my heart, He was working in my life. And if He is not actively and exciting in in all of these spectacular things in, in your life or in your ministry right now, it will come. Just walk and obey, be faithful in the time that you're just floating along, because I guarantee you there are rapids ahead and what you are learning and experiencing now is gonna help prepare you for that
1: time when they come. So you've had so many areas that have given you rushes, but what you're telling us is uh, you don't just live on rushes. Right, exactly. And
0: kind of like what I said earlier, you may not even know it at the time, uh when you're in the heat of say that that tornado outbreak and really all you're focused on is getting the right information to people and saving lives it's only afterwards when the adrenaline starts to flow away and you're sitting quietly in the office and you just say thank you lord i uh, i want to thank you for putting me in this position and using me today to help people and just be ready when when, when the adrenaline surges but don't be disappointed when it when it fades because life is up and down it's seldom a flat line and if it is you're dead
1: uh, that's true so uh, what i hear you saying is that if if your life is committed to christ mm-hmm. then every day is an article of faith that god will use me in some way
0: yes and oftentimes in ways you do not know mm-hmm. that little thing that little act of kindness that encouraging word may have an impact far and away beyond what you perceive it doing. You're just being you. You're being the person that God created you to be with the personality that's unique and, and, and just everything about you in, in everyday life. And you have no idea that there may be a day someday that someone will walk up to you in heaven and say, you know, that little card you sent, that email, that text Mm -hmm. message on that day turned me to God in a way that I had never realized before, and so enriched my life. And you're just like, oh, really? It, it wasn't that significant to me, but praise God, it was to you. Mm-hmm. And, and God can use just those little bitty things. But don't hide. Yeah. Don't put your light under a bushel. Don't think because you cannot see the things that are going on around you, that there isn't a magnificent battle going on around you As Paul describes as a spiritual battle that's going on. We're involved in that. I once heard a pastor say that in this war against evil and as soldiers of Christ, there is a role for everybody to play. If you're not on the front lines in hand to hand combat, you can at least carry ammunition to those who are. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that everybody is capable of doing is serving as a bad example.
1: So now we see, in addition to all the other things you have done and are doing, you absolutely are a preacher, too. That was good preaching. I know that was an encouragement (laughs) to someone today. (laughs) Didn't seem like it at the time. (laughs) (laughs) That was good. So, Dan, you know, this this podcast we call Better Roads Mm -hmm. because uh, we're focusing on that as we draw this to a close today. You know, there are many roads that we all take in life. Some of them seem to be assigned to us. Some of them we just choose on our own and they include the good, bad, and the ugly. Yes. Uh, there are roads that we can look back and see how God redemptively was there with us. And we didn't know that he was. And uh, there are some roads and say, God, I, I, you know, I, I repent of ever having taken that road. Yes, But all of us have a certain number of roads that we can say when we look back over our lives, you know, Those were some of the best roads that I could choose. And I am so thankful because those were pivotal to who I am and what I'm doing today. They've made the most powerful difference in my life. Could you talk to us a little bit about those kinds of roads that you can give thanks for, Dan?
0: Sure. I, I was born and raised in the Minneapolis, St. Paul area. That's where I started my career. And that's where I met my wife. And in 1990, We just felt led to leave that, take a pay cut, and go work in Christian radio in the Black Hills of South Dakota. At the time, it was a big move for us. I had no plans to return to television, but the first day that I was on the air on a Christian radio station in the Black Hills, the news director of the TV station in Rapid City called me and said, I know who you are. I know of your work in Minneapolis and I want you to come and work for me as a meteorologist and I said it's my first day on the job at a Christian <laughs> radio station let's talk in a couple of years at least and we it, we did it turned out really that, yeah the, the the Christian radio station made a decision to go to more satellite programming and cut back a local staff that freed me up uh, it just so happened that was the same week that his main meteorologist announced a resignation. It just and so happened. It just so happened. And these are the wonderful things you'll notice is that it, these roads that we take, these better roads, God is walking along them with us. And these doors that seem so impenetrable or unlikely will suddenly fling open. And you look at it and say, really? Well, I guess i better walk through that. It's like I told the people at the at the church that I'm pastoring now that um, God is calling me to minister to you, and I know that if I was reluctant and I decided not to obey, a large fish would swallow me and spit me up in <laughs> your parking lot. So <laughs> I, 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 it goes much better when we walk through the open doors that that God swings. Uh, swings open for us. And in an open Bible, open doors, I like the open concept. The road ahead is open. Just don't be afraid to walk it. I mean, God of the universe is on your side. For heaven's sakes. Amen. Amen. You know, just (laughs) six short days, he's got you. Okay, he's got you.
1: That's (laughs) right. Well, Dan, this has been a delight talking with you today. I am convinced of this, that being around you will never be boring. Thanks for joining us.
0: That's what my wife says to everybody who says, what's it like to live with Dan Carls? She says, never boring.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And we want to thank you, our listeners, for joining us today. I trust you haven't been bored either as we've talked about this. Look forward to having you join us next time. Have a great day.
0: You have been listening to Better Roads with Randall Bach, president of Open Bible Churches. Join us next time as we explore how God is part of another person's journey.